We like to do it every week for you. Hand out film room grades over at LandryFootball.com. And we talked to a little bit about it here on the Landry Football Podcast Network. Week five college football. Um, breaking down the tape, we've certainly kind of broken down the initial thoughts. But as we look at film, uh, what can we really unearth by looking at film? We're going to take the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, uh, who did well? Uh, who we'll call them the winners and losers? And then how things are shaping up inside each of the conferences uh, in college football. Uh, that's what we're doing today. And the topic on today's Landry Football Podcast, part of the Landry Football Podcast Network, which you can get by subscribing, liking, and sharing the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts to make sure that you don't miss any of our football content, college football, NFL. You want the breakdowns of all of week four NFL action? You can get that right here on the Landry Football Podcast Network. You can get it in greater detail at LandryFootball.com and a lot more detail than we're able to give you here uh, over at LandryFootball.com. Folks, take advantage of our football season sale at LandryFootball.com for the best information, the best analysis on the college game, the NFL game. LandryFootball.com is where you want to go. It's where you want to be from players, teams, coaches, schemes. We got it all broken down for you from a playing, coaching, scouting, and front office perspective. We got it covered for you. LandryFootball.com, your one-stop shopping football. Folks, you can try it out for a month. It's cheaper than $10 a month. You can try it out for six months. It's cheaper than the monthly package. But the best deal, the most economical package, is our football season sale. It'll take you through uh, an entire calendar year, um, in-season, out-of-season, recruiting, transfer portal, free agency, draft, you name it. We got it covered for you at LandryFootball.com. Week five, college football. Uh, kind of the winners and losers. And we want to tell you, we'll tell you more about it, but thank our good friends at NutriSense for uh, sponsoring this podcast, great deals that they have helped me a bunch. So stay tuned for that. Winners right up there has got to be for Kentucky. You don't win a lot of eight games in the SEC throwing for 69 yards. Ray Davis went off against a Florida defense that couldn't do anything. The Kentucky running back ran for 280, 280, three touchdowns. Average, folks, are you sitting down? Average 10.76 yards per carry. <clears throat> they literally ran over and through Florida, 33-14. It's a 4-0 start. They've looked pretty good on film, has Kentucky, but nothing special. And I know that Florida, because they beat Tennessee, doesn't make them elite by any stretch and certainly overrated at 22 still a lot of unanswered question by Kentucky and when you dominate anybody that badly that's impressive um Florida won't be ranked probably won't be ranked the rest of the year and should not Kentucky meanwhile gives back to the reputation of being physical running bully ball Outstanding performance, uh, steady play under center, but it's the play at the line of scrimmage and in the running game that was the difference. Both sides of the ball, they bullied this Florida Gator team. Talking about uh, getting bullied, or eh, bullied is not the right word, just a disappointment. The loser of the week, there are a number of them. Florida would be one, but how about LSU? 
thinking that they were a national playoff team was overly optimistic in my view all offseason. But, okay, people have their hopes and whatnot. Uh, that's over now. Um, they were a trendy pick to win the West uh, because of their quarterbacks. People really don't understand personnel and don't follow it well enough know that this team can't cover. They are a high, highly aggressive defense that can't cover well enough on the back end. They are very mistake prone in terms of assignment football. Eye violations, eyes in the wrong place, lots of mistakes. That leads to bad positioning, which leads to bad tackling, which leads to an Ole Miss offense that, while they had a good game, the results were great because LSU was awful on defense. Ole Miss wasn't any better on defense. LSU was just that bad. I don't think either one of these teams are very good. But LSU is the loser because they've now lost twice where there was great expectations and they're in worse shape. Um, Madhouse's defense, embarrassingly bad. Um, if you look at it, Ole Miss produced 21 plays of 10-plus yards. Um, that's really, really incredible when you think about it. Um, if you go forward and say, uh, how bad is that? Sam Houston came into the week with only 25 such plays in four games. The Tigers have better athletes. To get lit up like this is really bad. Um, it's a highly paid defense coordinator. Yes, they're playing a lot of young guys. That's poor coaching. And at this stage, I know it's only year two, in trying to rebuild a roster that was left in poor shape by Ed Orgeron. However, in this day and age, you can't be that bad on defense that you can't get guys that can line up and play. Really, really bad. Um, kudos to Notre Dame. Getting Sam Hartman was huge. It looked dire for Notre Dame. It looked like they were going to lose back-to-back in close games. But got it done. And Sam Hartman got it done for them. Uh, it was a heartbreak last week. Uh, look, they've got games against a very improved Louisville team. A USC team that can score in Clemson. Notre Dame has everything in front of them in terms of a schedule. They've got a strength of schedule. The problem is they got to play all those teams and win all those games. I'm not sure that they can do it. We'll see. We'll see going forward. Another loser. Well, if I'm going to put LSU's defense in the loser category, darn sure going to put USC's defense. Yeah, they've got Caleb Williams. And much like uh, Jalen Daniels, great quarterback play, great offense. Now, Caleb Williams threw for six touchdowns on Saturday in Boulder. But that's not the story. It's a Facing a, a decent offense, Colorado scored 27 second-half points, 27. Now, you can say they lost their focus and all that, but if you watch USC's defense, they've been awful and picked apart all year long. Same problem, seemingly always going to be a problem with Lincoln Riley because he can, is concerned about how his offense looks. That's not going to get it done. Uh, really good offensive coach. Defense is absolutely atrocious and USC is not a contender on the national stage 
I'm sorry. Baylor, I'm going to put them in an attaboy because they found a way to get it done in a desperation mode. They lost to Texas State in week one in a pay game. Blake Chapin got hurt. Um, Then they blew a fourth quarter lead at Utah, against Utah. Got blown out by Texas. They were down 28 points with 15-20 to go against UCF. Baylor scored 29 straight points. They won 36-35. Largest comeback in program history. Season saved. It's not going to make their season, but it prevents the season from getting broken. It's a broken defensive effort by UCF. Really, really, um, really bad. Uh, and Virginia would be another downside. Things look good for Virginia early in the game with Boston College. They posted their, you know, with the return of Tony Musket, injury, scored in the opening drive, ended the second quarter, 21-0 lead. Then they hit the proverbial wall. The Cavs managers 44 yards in the second half against BCE to chip away with a lead and eventually score a 27-24 win. Virginia is 0-5. Now the only winless team in Power 5, and many of those losses have come in painful fashion. They lost to James Madison. They saw true freshman Anthony uh, Calandria throw a back-to-back fourth-quarter interceptions, what turned out to be a three-point loss to NC State. Um, it's been tough for Tony Elliott who's been dealt a tough hand, and they've had tragedy. But make no mistake, this is a bad football team that's poorly coached, and I think Tony's in over his head. It's going to be really, really difficult. we get to helmet stickers in a minute, but not before I tell you about our good friends at NutriSense. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It's a small device that you put on the back of your arm, that provides real-time feedback on how your body responds to the foods that you're eating, your exercise, stress, and even your sleep. With NutriSense, just take a photo of your meal, adjust for portion size, and NutriSense does the rest. NutriSense helps you track the data, see your glucose trends, and understand your macronutrient breakdown for each meal. You also get an overall glucose score for each meal based on your body's response. You'll be matched with a board-certified nutritionist who will review your data and answer all your questions. Plus, they can help you with a personalized nutrition plan so that you can achieve your goals. You should try NutriSense today. It will open your eyes in profound ways to how your food, exercise, and lifestyle choices are affecting you. What's more, it empowers you with a real-time feedback loop showing the consequences of your food and lifestyle choices. It's a powerful tool for your understanding your body and affecting positive change in your life. You can get all of this today. NutriSense has a special offer for our listeners. All you got to do is visit NutriSense.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-S-E-N-S-E.com forward slash Landry. That's all caps, L-A-N-D-R-Y. And use the code Landry, all caps, to start decoding your body's messages and pave the way for a healthier life. Be sure to tell them you've learned about NutriSense on the Landry Football Network podcast. That's NutriSense.com slash Landry to save $30 off your first month, plus get a month of board-certified nutritionist support. Absolutely great deal. They've done wonders for me. You should check them out again. That's NutriSense.com forward slash Landry, all caps. So helmet stickers for week five, and these are some players for stepping up 
helping their team to huge wins in week five. Offensive player of the week, I mentioned him. It's got to be Ray Davis of Kentucky. There have been only four players from 2000 to 23 who've rushed for 200 yards in a single game against Florida. Davis did it in the first 15 minutes of the Wildcats win over Florida. It's just incredible. It's a four-star transfer from Vanderbilt. Finished the afternoon with 284 touchdowns. The first player to rush for more than 250 yards during the 23 season. Um, defensive player of the week. I've got to go with Howard Cross of Notre Dame, one of the best defensive players in all of college football. He had himself a night against Duke. The defensive tackle led the Irish with 13 tackles, uh, which is unbelievable for an interior defensive line. He had three and a half tackles for a loss, a sack, a pair of forced fumbles. It was Cross's sack and forced fumble that sealed the 21-14 win and unfortunately caused an ankle injury for Duke's Riley Leonard, although it doesn't appear like it's going to be as bad as we thought for him. That was very, very difficult for them to see. Let's go around the conferences, the ACC. Clemson put a stop on Syracuse undefeated season. They won 31-14 at the Dome, previous house of horrors for Clemson, by the way. Clemson's 3-2. and two. Defense led the way. Held a top 30 Syracuse offense to 4.4 yards per play. Forced a trio of turnovers. Yeah, Clemson's out of the playoff race, but they're not out of the ACC race. They can still make the championship game. And a lot to say about it nationally. They've got upcoming games with Miami, Notre Dame, and North Carolina. Don't think that Clemson's going away. Georgia Tech. Oh, Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets blew a 14-point first quarter lead and lost 38-27 to Bowling Green, which hadn't beat an FBS opponent this year. The Falcons scored 38 straight points between the first and third quarters, taking control of this game. It's a bad loss for Georgia Tech. Brutal, brutal schedule down the stretch. This is a program that's floundering and getting worse. Um, and when you look at a program like that and you look at with the job, and I know it's a different university and what they can do recruiting-wise, but Louisville, and they're 5-0. and out. They went ugly. They scored 13 points in the second half Friday night in a comeback win over NC State. The Wolfpack were up 10-0 at halftime, but manages 72 yards, turned the ball over three times in the second half. Um, you know, the Wolfpack should consider giving MJ Morris a chance. The Brennan Armstrong's, you know, and, and Robert and I uh, combo is not working. Um Virginia Tech picked up a much-needed win over Pitt, who's one and four, by the way. Kyron Drones played the best game of his career with 228 yards, three passing touchdowns, and the Hokies' defense held Pitt to 1.6 yards per carry. That's the first one and four start for Pitt since 2005. The Big 12, the Longhorns got a break when Jalen Daniels was a late scratch for Kansas. They took advantage of it. They dominated Kansas. People say they let them hung around for a while. Not, not really. You study the game, watch the game, and know what you're looking at. They were in complete control. Quinn Ewers was dominant. Jonathan Brooks was ran for 217. Adani Mitchell, A.J. Mitchell had 141 receiving yards. Only the second time in Texas history. It's had a 300-yard passer, 200-yard rusher, 100-yard receiver in the same game. They were in control of this game in all three facets, and they were never not in control of it. I don't know the people that are questioning uh, how they played or they, they let Kansas in the game without – those are people who don't know football, really. This is an impressive-looking Texas team. At least it was in this game and thus far this season. Iowa State scored 
20 points in the first 15 minutes of play. And then didn't score again as Oklahoma rolled to a 50-20 to 20 win. Dylan Gabriel threw for 366, five touchdowns. Sooners are 5-0. and oh. Can't wait for the Red River shootout, Red River rivalry, whatever you want to call it. These two teams look like they have playoff capabilities. This game's going to mean an awful lot. Two best teams in the Big 12 for certain. West Virginia, got to hand it to Neil Brown. Talking about just rising from the ashes. 24-21 road upset win over TCU, 3-2. and two. Um, Now, they did have some injuries, but you got to give a lot of credit to West Virginia. They were picked to finish last in the Big 12. They have wins over Pitt, Texas Tech, and TCU. That's a pretty good resume. You know, it's not a like an elite team type resume. It is a lot better than worst team in the Big 12 type of resume. Um, you know, this year, TCU struggling to win those close games. They were a charm team last year. They won every game they played last year that was decided by 10 points or less. This year, they're 0-2. It's not as good as the, as, as the film – uh, the film didn't show that they were nearly as good as their record last year, and it's showing out. Houston quarterback Donovan Smith put up great numbers. Four touchdowns, 335 in his return to Lubbock, but he couldn't help this Cougar team. That's two and three. The defense, um, you know, it was a 49-28 loss to Texas Tech. The Red Raiders scored touchdowns on five of their first six drives, plus a punt return. Dominant effort by their run game, which averaged 6.5 yards per touch. Keaton Slovis got red hot after a tough start, and BYU beat Cincinnati 35-27 for its first Big 12 victory. Slovis began the game one for seven, two yards before completing eight of his uh, last nine passes. Finished the game with 223, two touchdowns. The Cougars are four and one, outgained by 203 yards, lost the time of possession battle by 10 minutes, or aided by a pick six in a pair of um, drives that Cincinnati was impressive on, but ended up on down. So good for BYU. Cincinnati did not play a very clean game. The Big Ten, Nebraska ended uh, with the quote-unquote nation's number two run defense. Statistically, uh, 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 yards allowed per play. It's not a strong indication they're not that good, and that's not going to hold. Michigan did whatever it wanted. Dominated, ran for 249 yards, three scores, averaged 4.9 yards per attempt. Michigan's 5-0. and Nebraska still trying to figure out where they're headed. Matt Rule's got a big-time rebuild job there, as most have had uh, a rebuild uh, job at Nebraska. Northwestern was tied with Penn State at halftime. That's part of the story. The Nittany Lions, 6-0 now, scored 31 second-half points to run away with a 41-13 win. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit worried if you're Penn State, not running the ball well as they need to run it. That's the one thing that I would say. You know, it's not that they, well, they struggled early. Hey, 11 a.m. start in Evanston. I'm not concerned about that. What I would be concerned is that they're not running the ball as well as they need to, and they're going to need to in the bigger games. Maryland, they're now 12-1 and in September, dating back to 21. Got a convincing win, 44-17 over Indiana. Talia's moving the team well. Six touchdowns, 352 yards. Uh, first 5-0 and start since 20, uh, 2001. We're going to start to see they've got Ohio State this week. The good starts are the byproduct of 
this team has more talent. Michael Oxley's done a good job there. But how much better are they going to get going forward? It's going to be interesting to see. Brian Ferentz still can't get this Iowa offense on track. Um, you know, the Hawkeyes scored a 26-16 win over Michigan State. Um, Illinois' awful loss to Purdue stood out. Um, you know, Minnesota found itself down uh, at halftime against ULL, but they managed to rally and win. Uh, Pac-12, you know, it would be all too easy for uh, Washington in the desert. Um, it, but it was 31-24, and it was one of those sleep-in games, and they just didn't do a very good job. But they still are a very explosive offense. Utah needs Cam Rising back in a big-time way. They didn't play well enough against Oregon State and lost that game. Cal survived for a win over Arizona State. SEC, uh, Georgia is still Georgia, but they're not as dominant as they've been the past couple of years. Well, so what? Uh, Auburn played well, had a good offensive game plan. Georgia has multiple ways to beat you. Curious to see how they play against Kentucky. I expect they'll respond. Has Alabama found something, or what they found is a weak opponent in Mississippi State? I think it's a combination of both. Both we'll see down the road. But Mississippi State's really bad, and Alabama's gaining more confidence. South Carolina has struggled to block all year long, and it showed up against against Tennessee. Jalen Wright, um, you knew that Tennessee would respond in a big way they did. Um, over in Missouri, Brady Cook has been outstanding. Um, and so uh, I'm excited about what they're doing. They got LSU this week. It's going to be a lot of fun at home in an early game. Watch out for a A lot of talent on paper. The defense is starting to play well. They got Alabama this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Group of five, Memphis scored three straight touchdowns in the final 17 minutes to win against Boise State. Memphis looks pretty good. Tulane comes back um, uh, against UAB. It's too bad James Madison ineligible for the Sunbelt Conference Championship because they're really good. They're 5-0, and and they got a 31-23 win over South Alabama. <laughs> Pardon me. But they're – Really good-looking team. Um, going to be interesting week six. We're going to get into that this week uh, as things go on. Uh, we've got some good games, Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama, A&M, and, of course, um, Oklahoma, Texas. We'll be breaking it all down for you at LandryFootball.com, so make sure that you jump on board with our football season sale. Also, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share for free the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Always great to be with you. So long, everybody.